0: Welcome to the Sports e Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a CasSource production. In this episode, I chat with Rob Cressy of Bacon Sports to discuss unique relationship building, how content helps drive new business, and the podcasting LinkedIn combination. This episode exists because of CasSource. CasSource is your content team. You know how many business leaders need help communicating their story? That's what we do content strategy, creation, and distribution for business leaders. This provides opportunities, relationships, and a platform for you and your business. Why do we do this? Because at KezSource, we exist to help you create and share amazing content. And yes, you should have a podcast. We'll help you. Learn more by visiting kezcontent.com. The Peloton commercial comes out and there's just a lot of outrage around it. It's all over social media, right? And I started showing it to people. I said, have you seen the new Peloton commercial? So I started that just so like they weren't, you know, they had a predetermined thought on it. And they said, no, I had it. They hadn't. And so I show it to them. And so I said, well, after they saw it, I'm like, well, what do you think of it? And they're like, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's fine. You know, so I I talked to people that, you know, I talked to often and I didn't see the outrage. And then I showed them the outrage that was on say Twitter or social media. And it's funny because as I'm, preparing to chat with you this morning I check out your podcast and I noticed that you have a podcast about the Peloton commercial and the ways you can use it to your advantage, which I think is awesome because we talk about a lot about colliding things. Right? When you see something, how can you apply it to this? How can you apply it to marketing, your branding, your business, whatever that might be? And sure enough, there's Rob talking about the Peloton commercial and how you can use it for your business. So, what made you even think of you know going there? Because, you know, right, we talk about outrage, there's polarization to that. You know, you putting yourself out there could create some friction. Where do you come? Where do you get that mindset? Mindset to say, you know what, I'm going to talk about it on my podcast.
1: Because I'm the opposite of outrage culture. That outrage culture drives me nuts because it is what it is. I am fighting against as an entrepreneur and as a creator, where everyone wants to tear everybody else down. And I saw the comments and the outrage as very fickle and shallow substance. And it was people who are uninformed and it's the people who like to throw rocks at things without having any perspective on it. And the exact reason why people aren't successful is the outrage over how dare that husband give his wife a Peloton, look at her face and and breaking that down. And it just so happens that last month I got a Peloton for the first time and it just so happened to maybe be a perfect storm of it. I'm someone who is very fitness-oriented. I'm very, I'm someone who always has positive vibes. I'm also a high achiever. So when I see people shutting down something that's supposed to be a positive thing for other people, I felt like it's my duty to say, Listen, here's what all of you are missing in this. And the way that I think from a a marketing and a performance mindset is like that on everything that I do. So the Peloton commercial, that's just a random instance, but in everything that I look at, there's always an opportunity to say, what can you learn? And when I create podcasts they are from a value-driven perspective, hey, we're having a conversation. What can we learn from what you've learned? So when I see that commercial and everyone's all outraged, I'm like, wait a second. There's like 10 pieces of goodness in here that everybody is missing. And if you'd stop your bitching, you could actually do something with it.
0: That's it. So well, you said the word positive vibes. And there's so much out there when you talk about outrage that goes right to the negative. It's immediate to the negative, And it can put you in a bad place. It could put anybody in a bad place. And if they don't have that positive mindset, if they don't have, like you said, if you're not focused on fitness or whatever those things that put you in that good mood, it's going to put you in a negative mood. And I think it's important that we have people like yourself that are out there talking about these positive vibes. At the same time, I think people who have positive vibes can also be considered, well, you're just saying that, and that's like enough, and this is some BS, and man, you you can't just be in a good mood all the time and all these other things. How do you deal with that? I mean, that's certainly an outrage thing as well, where if someone were to say, here, Rob, you're like, wow, this guy's always in a good mood. He's always telling me I should be in a good mood, and I should wake up early, and I should read, and there's a negative side to that because people could come at you to say, man, you're going too far with this.
1: Yeah doesn't bother me one bit because I'm not interested in those people that really when I share these good vibes, here's the actual reason why I do it because I'm already doing it. So when I say read, when I give these quotes of the day, when I create podcasts and stuff like that, it's my own process to turn myself into a positive person who has a positive mindset. So every single day when you see a quote of the day that I post on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram... The reason why I'm posting that is because every day in my journal it says "quote of the day," and I come up with a quote of the day to set my intention. And huh, if I'm a good creator and a thinker and someone who puts out positive vibes, maybe I'll show people a little bit of insight into my process. I don't give a crap if you do it or not. That's not why I'm doing it. I have done my part by saying, "Hey." Here's the way that you can make your life better or happier or more positive because this is what I'm doing. If you don't do it, I don't give a crap.
0: I love it. So it's funny because what you're a lot of the stuff that you're saying is self talk, right? It's self motivating. I had read this book. It was probably within the last year or definitely within the last year with David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. And he talks about like people who say stuff, right? They just, they say things and they don't believe in it. And so I'm like reading some of the stuff that I've written. I was like, wait a second. And I'm, am I the hypocrite? So I have the Sportsypreneur blog and podcast that we do. And I was like, I went back and I started reading some of my older posts. And I said, you know what? I'm not that hypocrite because what I realized is what it was, is it was self-talk. So if I write a blog post, if I do a podcast, and like you just said, and no one does anything with it, it doesn't matter because I'm doing something with it. Maybe it's just like a way of me journaling, a way of me doing these things. And I hear you saying the same thing. A lot of this is self-talk. It's just trying to build yourself up to be a better person. And I think there's just you have these epiphanies along the way. And more than anything else is you're putting yourself out there. And that's very difficult to do. So I think a lot of the people that come in to say, you know, Rob, what are you doing? Why are you doing these things? It's because a lot of those people aren't putting themselves out there or they're putting themselves out there in a negative way that they would want to bring somebody else down. But I think that's something we run into because we help business leaders a lot of times with their content creation, all these different things. And the number one thing that I see is they're afraid to put themselves out there, to which I say, I totally get it. I totally get it. And were you there? So when you started creating content, right? Because you see business leaders, I'm, say, I'm sure, do the same thing. Like, I don't want to say this. No one cares what I have to say. And there's a lot of different things we can touch on there. But when you started with podcasting and blogging and just really putting yourself out there, how hard of a time did you have with it?
1: Someone once said to me, Rob, if you ever hope to get paid to do what you love, you better be doing it already. And guess what? From that moment, I turned into Neo in The Matrix where he's like... I can (laughs) learn judo. And I learned Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, Adobe Audition, audio editing, video editing, hosting, social media marketing, apparel, events. I turned a sports blog into a creative agency one day at a time with self-guided learning on my own. So because of that, it was never a problem of fear of putting myself out there Because putting myself out there is the path to get to where I wanted to go. Because if no one knows that you exist, how are they ever going to hire you? Like, How would anybody ever hire me to create a marketing campaign or be the host of a show or talk about sports if I'm not already doing those things? And the exact same thing rings true for all other business leaders. It's like, Eric... How in the world do we get more people to know about what we do? You're like, all right, let's break this down. (laughs) Step one, create more content. Step two, distribute more content. Step three, rinse and repeat.
0: Yeah. That's it. And and have engaging content, right? You talk to people and you start a conversation somewhere and that could be through your content. Well, then you get on the phone with them or you meet them out, you know, at a networking event or you just meet them out for lunch and you ask them how they're doing. And I heard you on a podcast recently where you wanted to talk about kind of like what you're thinking about and what you're going through. And you ask someone, hey, how you doing? And they say, Not you know, or what are you up to? Like, not much, or how you doing? Pretty good. And, you know, we get on the phone here today or get on this chat here today. And you asked me how I'm doing, and I just quickly told you that we got a our second dog yesterday It's kind of random, but it happened, and here we are. But there's something going on in your life, but talk to us a little bit about like the whole how are you doing or what are you up to and they say not much
1: so it's all about surface level when there there's a there's a quote that my brand and coach Gil Nevo taught me. It says, "Live by design, not by default so How do you want to design the life of your dreams? Or are you going to be like the majority of people that are sheep and that just go through the motions that they wake up every day, go to a job that they don't like, come home, turn on Netflix for three hours, rinse and repeat, wait for Friday to get here, do the weekend, and then Sunday comes and they got the Sunday scaries because they hate Monday. No, 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 no. I am not in, I don't want any part of that sort of life. So then you start to think about all right, let's break this down a little bit more granularly and look at language. And one of the things that I learned about was a term called sensory acuity and what it is and it comes from your own self-awareness and it's your ability at all times to be aware of your surroundings. So who you're talking to, yourself, all the other brands. And so often, if you take a minute to step back and just listen instead of being the conversation. So, so often, when you go out, and you can even use going out for happy hours as an example, you're kicking it with your friends. And if you just sit back and say, I'm just going to listen for a little bit and just let let life happen in front of me and I'm going to observe it, all of a sudden, you're going to start noticing people talking over each other. And then you're going to start to notice that when people ask questions, people actually don't respond back. They just do their own little agenda and stuff. So now we can take this even a step further in the personal interaction that you and I are having. So the most common thing is, Hey, Eric, how you doing? Ah, good. What's new? Not much. That is a conversation that has been said a bajillion times <laughs> in life. But guess what? We just zoomed through a formality and what did I learn about you? Absolutely nothing. But what is the opportunity right there? Because for you, when I was like, hey, how you doing? You're like, hey, we just got a new dog. Boom, we've got a new connection. I'm a dog person. You also let me know that you've got a family and you've got two dogs and you've got some doodles and there's cuteness running all over your place. So (laughs) all of a sudden, the amount of things that I learned by you going deeper and saying, this is what actually happened in my life. So instead of saying, how's it going? One of my favorite, questions that I ask all the time. This is such a good tip for anyone who wants to break the ice or be a good conversationalist. Hey, Eric, tell me something awesome that has happened in the last month. You know why you ask that? Number one, nobody else asks that because no one gives a crap about you. Number two, you then respond with, I just got a second dog. Boom, there's the opening to our conversation. Think about how different that goes versus, "Hey, how you doing? Good. What's new? Nothing."
0: That's it. Well, it's funny too. There's a few things there. You said no one cares, and that's the truth, right? Nobody cares. But there are, there's always a few people, right? We use the 80-20 rule. And I, we actually just had an article about this. If you had five people, probably one person might care what you have to say. The other four, one of them definitely doesn't care. And the other three are kind of in the middle, like you give it or take it, right? And move on. But that's, a, that's an important component because so many people are focused on what does the majority think? Well, who cares what the majority thinks? Because you don't care what they think. You care about what your audience thinks, the people that you actually want to connect with. There's a lot of different things going on here because you could show up to an event. One of the other things we started talking about right away was the Bill's Steelers game coming up on Sunday. I know you have a wife from Buffalo. You're just in Buffalo. You're a Steelers fan. Well, I could walk up and see you. You might be wearing a Steelers shirt. You might be wearing a random shirt. And I could say, hey, man, are you a Steelers fan? Boom, right there. There we go. That was kind of the reason, one of the reasons why we had Sportsypreneur. I was in the insurance place in the insurance market. And I realize how bad the messaging is there, right? And so when we go in there and have a conversation, you realize one of the greatest icebreakers that's out there is sports. Like we could just talk about sports. We could talk about the college football playoff. We could talk about the Bill Steelers game. There's all sorts of things that can come from that. And then going back on a podcast that you had had for a while ago, sometimes you might show up and there's no giveaway. There's no sign. There's nothing on their face. But what you've done is you can now create the conversation, not only with the question that you just said but also with you gave koozies away, I believe. And you would say, hey, I brought two koozies or that you have the koozie Say, what's that? I say, hey, I brought one for you, right? That's a really cool thing. Now, it's not easy. I don't think just anyone can do it, right? It might not work for me. It might work for you or, you know, there might be something else, but that's something where you can kind of create the conversation. You can bring it to you, but talk to me a little bit about that idea that you had to say, I'm going to bring this koozie here and that's going to be the icebreaker. And not only that, I'm going to give something away to somebody.
1: So all of this is part of my marketing and relationship building and brand building mindset. So I'll break it down extremely granularly for you. Number one, what is the target demographic for bacon sports? When I originally started it, it was a sports comedy blog. So we love to chop up and create original sports comedy content. So our demographic were people who love bacon, sports, and beer. All right, if you like bacon sports and beer, traditionally, where are we going to find you? In bars, at games, at tailgates, anywhere you go. And knowing that that is my demographic, I am yet to meet a person in my entire life who was rocking a koozie who wasn't having fun. It just, by definition, people with koozies are having more fun. So I'm like, huh, if I want to market to my target demographic, what is a simple way for me to do it? Koozies, because they're drinking beer and that's that's where I can talk to them. So the next part is surprise and delight. And this is something that so often is missed because it's very much buy what I'm selling, buy what I'm selling. It is not what can I do to make someone feel all warm and special because remember, they will remember the way you make them feel. So inevitably what happens is I talk to a crap ton of people. Anyone rocking any shred of sports gear I can immediately go up and talk to. So what we do is we have a conversation and if all of a sudden this person's cool and we're jamming and I've got my koozie and my beer... Uh, I'm looking for someone to earn that koozie. They don't realize it, but I'm looking for that. And I say, you know what, Eric, guess what? You're in luck today because you're awesome. I brought a koozie for you and I take the koozie off my beer and I give it to them and they go, Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so very much. And then they go and tell someone and they take a picture. And then I pull the koozie out of the back of my pocket and I put another (laughs) one back on my beer, one for me and one for them. And remember, Every opportunity is an opportunity to create a positive brand interaction. So I rinse and repeat that hundreds and thousands of times. And guess what? These random people become part of the bacon sports community. People, my friends, they've got koozies all over the place. It's something that they might go to a wedding in Arlington, Virginia, and all of a sudden they realize in their coat pocket, there's the bacon sports koozie, and then they're going to rock it. And then someone's going to say, hey, what's making sports? They're like, oh man, this is awesome sports fan community that I'm part of. You should check them out on Facebook or Instagram. And that's how it all works.
0: Opportunity, you said it because all of these things are are just opportunities and opportunity leads to the next thing. What is that next thing? Well, there's a lot of serendipity in that. There's a lot of different things that can take place, but you're creating new opportunities. And that's, that I believe is the point of content. That's the point of marketing, right? Just creating opportunities. It's not necessarily generating leads. It's creating an opportunity. And what are you going to do with it? that? Well, it just, it, it depends. Well, you created an opportunity for yourself with bacon sports, right? Bacon sports wasn't just like, it, it, it's a process that you went through to get to that point. I want to go back a little bit before you're at bacon sports. Were you thinking about where you're going to go with this bacon sports thing? Or, or was this something that just kind of came to you? Like, I got to make the move.
1: This is my dream. So 7 years ago, I quit my digital advertising sales job, which I was extremely successful at, to live my dreams of working in sports and being creative. And here's the thing. I was great at digital advertising sales. I was making multiple six figures. But guess what? I did not wake up every day looking forward to sling banner ads and text links. That's not how I wanted to get down. And while all this was going down, ever since I was graduating college, I always dreamed of working in sports. But at Miami University, I wasn't like a communications major or anything. No one at any point was like, "Hey Rob, what would you like to do?" It was sort of like my path sort of was almost predetermined for me sort of. And then when I graduated college, it was a fast track to inside sales. I worked at a freaking Fifth Third Bank call center selling home equity loans, making $10 an hour as a marketing degree. I wanted to work for an ad agency. That was the freaking worst. I hated it. So because of that, my outlet was writing about fantasy sports. I would teach myself HTML to create a website on Angel Fire for all you back in the day who remember <laughs> that. And I very much... I would do it for free because I loved it. And it was like, just keep doing it and doing it. And I would be at jobs and I would go from job to job where I'd make more money and have a little bit shorter commute. But I never really liked any of the jobs that I was doing. And in the back of my mind, all the time was man, I would just love the day where I could just write about sports for a living and then finally got to a point where I said I'd regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen because when I looked at the sports content landscape, I saw it very homogenous. It was copy-paste, insert whatever's on Deadspin or Bleacher Report. It was very much the aggregation model. And I was like, I belong. I can do this better than everyone else did. And you just feel it in your bones. And I said through it. And I cut the cord and went all in and made $0 to start over from zero to build my dreams. Your love of sports obviously played a
0: role. And I know you've talked about this and I agree with this, that you can love sports, right? But at the same time, there's a business component to it. There's a drive. There's an opportunity that exists in these different environments, whether it's sports or whatever, pick an industry that it might be. I mean, Sports is a multi-billion dollar industry. Your love of sports is only one component of it, right? There's a lot more that has to do, because like you just said, when you're learning HTML, or you're learning how to do this, or you're learning how to communicate better, right? Or you're going to comedy school to learn how to be a stand-up comedian, there's or improv school, there's a lot more. that You're not, you're not even thinking about sports in that time. You're learning how to be a better coder, a better communicator, a better whatever that has to be but you're still in the sports world. So those things feed your sports love, but you hear a lot of people saying, I want to go into sports because I just love sports. That is could be a problem, right? I think because you're going to have to do all these other things, right?
1: It is probably one of the biggest differentiators I have from others in the world of sports. So I loved sports. And my background, remember, was in digital advertising sales for publishers, So I knew how to monetize websites. But with that knowledge, I was acutely aware of where everything was going. Desktop was turning into mobile. Here comes social. The CPMs that publishers were able to get for their inventory was shrinking rapidly. So the publisher model of which a traditional sports blog or any website was built on was going down the tubes. And I knew this when I started it. I knew it. But here was the problem. I didn't have the solution for what you do if you're a publisher that is not monetizing via advertising revenue and getting as many page views as possible. I just didn't know. I was like, I'm not building on that model, but no one has yet to figure out what to do with it. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to do to differentiate myself from everyone else? And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to learn improv and comedy writing because it's a skill that very few people in the sports industry are going to have. And as this continued to evolve, one of the things that I'm most proud of seven years into this is still being around because of the number of publishers and sports blogs that have gone out of business and shut their doors because they were all in on the publisher model of which I could see from a mile away wasn't going to work. So for me, this is where my business acumen started to come and I had to start getting creative. So I'm like, all right, how in the world do you build a business out of a sports blog? That's essentially what I was doing. So. I went and reverse engineered the success habits of the most successful CEOs, CMOs, and people in the world that I aspired to be like. And the reason you see so much personal development in good vibes in my life right now is that is what is required for me to get to where I want to go to be like the people who have built amazing companies. So for me, it's One, continue to be around. And then two, you want to grow and succeed. And so many people in sports are just single-tracked. I love sports. And for me, it is sports plus business. And that is what is the key that separates me from people who just dream of working in sports.
0: Well, I like that you had the vision for the publishing world, right? Because you're seeing it take place now, right? You're seeing a lot of companies that are laying off people, right? You're seeing them go out of business you're seeing having to change it you're seeing subscription models the athletic comes around the disruption was here and you saw it and now it's really happening I mean it's a big deal and there's a lot of things you can still do with it so where does that publishing go and you like you said creating the content reverse engineering it and then you coming out with with a podcast that you've been doing a lot of right and your podcast has continued to evolve and you've continued to evolve you know self betterment communication right just you and I having a conversation. This is communication. This is at the heart of it. I think someone could have a podcast for the simple fact or the simple going down this journey of being a better communicator, right? If you hear yourself talking, if you have conversations with people, you're going to put yourself under pressure. You're going to put yourself in this situation. So it's interesting because I came to learn about you. We're sitting down in our conference room and I'd gotten introduced to someone who is one of the leaders at Kids in Seats. It was Ann Laidman, And for whatever reason, she just dropped your name. She says, I think the founder of our company is going to be on Rob Cressy's podcast. Podcast. And he's here. That was it. And so I had to go out to lunch that day because I had to take a break because I was in back-to-back meetings. I go to lunch, go to this Vietnamese restaurant down the street. It's pretty awesome. It was really quiet because it was late in the day. And I just pull up your podcast and I listen to it and I listen to it and I listen to it. Bill Rasmussen, ESPN founder, Erica Crest from the Columbus Crew, Adam White from Front Office Sports, and the list goes on and on and on. Rob, when I tell you that I just took in and consumed your content on your podcast, I really did. It wasn't a joke. It was real. It was genuine. And that's when I had reached out to you and said, man, this is really awesome. We even put a blog post out there talking about your podcast because it was like, Man, here is someone putting out good vibes. So when I go back and I think about when I started listening to podcasts, it's when I started thinking about starting my own business. And this was about six, seven years ago. It's when I realized that if I was having negative thoughts, I needed to put positive thoughts in my head. I doubled down on reading. I doubled down on listening to books. I started to go into the podcast world and continue to evolve to a point where we created our own podcast because I wanted to talk to people like you. So there's a lot of things. There's leverage there because I can, hey, hey Rob, I can chat with you now because we both have a podcast. The point is, podcasting is an incredible resource, and there's so many different reasons as to why you even have a podcast that we've even touched on here. But I came across, and then what I got to know is before I ever talked to you, I knew your voice, I knew what you believed in, I knew your thoughts, I knew your positive vibes. So when I got on the phone with you, it kind of goes back to the thing that we talked about at the beginning, is that we're already past like all this other stuff. We can just jump right into all these different conversations. There is nothing like it right now. And I and I truly mean that because I've lived it and I've watched, we've helped other people with podcasting. I know you have as well. I've watched other people live it and it's an amazing experience. But I just have to say that being able to consume this content and hear some of the thoughts that I just talked about in the different episodes that you've had has helped me out. I know it's helped other people out. And that's why we're talking today because this is real, man. This is what it's all about and it's the beginning of the journey of having a a relationship and you don't even have to say well what does that even mean what does that relationship mean it doesn't have to mean anything it could just mean you and i have this conversation and that could be the end of it and that's cool cuz i could learn a lot from here but i want you to go off of that right now
1: <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day it is about several things awareness and relationship building so number 1 by creating a podcast more people become aware of you so if you think about it so many people who are thought leaders in any industry or in a company know much. But guess what? They leave it all in their head. So imagine the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. How much information does he have that could help other people? But the thing is, how many people get access to the CEO of a company? Very few. And it's for that reason why I worked with Yelp to help them create an internal podcast where we interviewed 10 of their senior executives to talk about their success mindset. What was it like when they began at Yelp and what tips would they give to the entry-level salespeople, which is pretty much half of the company. So now you've given this access to people of information that you wouldn't get otherwise. And first of all, it's great for me. I really don't care about download numbers. No joke. Because guess what? I have a completely different metric than everybody else. Most people are like, Oh, I'll start a podcast and become Joe Rogan. <laughs> the problem is there's like one Joe Rogan. <laughs> and then the next thing you say is, All right, well, I'm going to have Eric on my podcast because one, I want to build a relationship with Eric. Two, I want to learn from him. Just because of that, I don't care if nobody else listens to it. I'm good. But... Guess what? I'm a good guy, so I'm going to publish this podcast so others can listen for it. Then Eric Jr. out there is at a restaurant at lunch saying, Man, what's this podcast that someone uh, recommended to me? Let me check it out. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, Whoa, I learned something as well. Rinse and repeat with as many people. So now you're building a one-on-one relationship with your guests, and you're building a very intimate relationship with your audience in a way where you don't even know who's listening. It's a drip strategy. And guess what? Welcome to relationship building because I don't expect that Eric, the first time listening to my podcast is going to hit me up and say, Rob, here's $10,000. Let's work together right away. But somewhere between episode one and episode 500, there might be a nugget that comes where Eric says, listen, you always say, hit me up if there's a way we can help each other. I'm ready. I've listened to this. So all of a sudden, you now qualify yourself for me as a guest or as a someone who listens. You go, Hey, Rob, I've been listening to your podcast for the last year. I really liked X. Here's how I see things. They're like-minded like you. Because what I want to do is... And you mentioned this in the very beginning is the 80-20 rule. I don't give a crap about the 80% of people who are never going to talk to me. But I want to find the 20% of beautiful flowers out there that say, I've got good vibes, I'm trustworthy, I'm value-driven, I'm awesome, I have fun. And then they say, hey, let's have a conversation. And that's all I'm looking for. From that conversation, rinse and repeat everything else we just said to say, how in the world can you and I potentially work together or people in our network?
0: Well knowledge sharing, right? And you can do knowledge sharing like you talked about at Yelp internally. You can do it externally. You can create your own knowledge for yourself because you have a resource to go back to. So we've done a lot of that here as a CEO of Source. I'm looking around, it's like, so I have an idea, but the employees or someone in the company might not know it. But if I can share that knowledge, whether it's through a podcast or through through something that I put on our Microsoft community that we have, you know, whatever that might be, they now have a resource that they can tap into, whether it's today or down the road, right? Another thing that you talked about is related to this thing, Peak Podcast. And New York Times had an article and they said, are we at Peak Podcast? And you know what? And we wrote an article about it saying, you know what? We probably are at Peak Podcast if, like you just said, you wanna be Joe Rogan. Hey, if you wanna give a shot and you wanna be the next Joe Rogan, or if you're in the music and you wanna be the next Taylor Swift, Who's No one's here to stop you. Go for it, right? But just have expectations of what this is. What are you trying to do? Like you said, if no one listens to the podcast, you still had that conversation. You've learned something that you can use for yourself, for your business, for your family, whatever that might be. And you know, there's the other thing of if you're building it, you might have to hire someone someday. You might need clients one day. Well, guess what? You can now go listen to my podcast. You can listen to me talk. And you could say, well, wait a second, or listen to you talk. You might say... I don't like what Rob has to say. I would never work with Rob. Well, guess what? Now you don't have to waste any time with each other because they've already figured that out. Opposites true, obviously. We found employees. They found us because of our content. They were looking for something, came across something on Twitter while they're watching a basketball game and said, what is this? I need to talk to them. I reach out directly to them. They're not coming through the the main channel of, say, sending a resume through Indeed.com. Not that that's bad, but it's like, right? How are you going to disrupt the system as someone who's trying to get a job where you can actually go right to the CEO, cut through all the other people, all the middle people, and you are right in his inbox, right? Or you're right in his direct message feed. There's potential In there, whether it's employees or a client, because they get to hear your story. If you want to work with someone, go listen to what they have to say. If you like it, well, guess what? Reach out to them, and you can have a conversation too.
1: You know, it's kind of funny. Is in one hour and twenty four minutes from right now, I am hosting a webinar on how to build more relationships using podcasting and LinkedIn. So it's going to be after the time of this publishing. But what I am going to share is my step-by-step process for how I use LinkedIn in podcasting to build more relationships with anyone you can dream of. And you just said it exactly. And this is something that I am yet to see anyone use to try and get a job. I use it to, to get and build relationships with executive CEOs, CMOs, and people of influence. Because here's the thing. You have to give people a reason to want to respond back to you. Oh, hey, Eric, what's up? This is Rob. Buy my stuff. You're going to be like, trash. (laughs) That's of no value to me. But if instead I'm like, hey, Eric, what's up? Name's Rob Cressy. I host the Sports Marketing Huddle. Would love to have you come on the show and share some thought leadership about the way that you see the digital landscape. Interested? Question mark? Boom. All of a sudden, you're giving before you're asking for a single thing. And you're going to run into two types of people. One, the CEOs and executives that do podcasts and guess what they're going to say? Of course, I would love to come on. They're already comfortable doing it. And then number two, you're going to run into the ones who don't do it. And they're going to say, holy crap, someone just asked me to be on the podcast. I don't do this often, but maybe I've been thinking about it. I would love to come on the show because guess what? Everybody loves to talk about themselves. (laughs) So once that happens, boom, you come on the podcast and... The overwhelming majority of the people that I've had on my podcast, I've never spoken to in my entire life before that happens. So literally, sometimes, the very first time I've ever uttered a single word together is when we're on that podcast together. And what happens is we jam for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and they say, Wow, Rob, that was awesome. By the way, what do you do? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, Thank you very much. Now let's start the process. That's right.
0: It works, right? And you can reach out to someone on LinkedIn just by like seeing what it is that they're interested, where they went to school, what they do. And you. if you genuinely do it, right? You always know if someone's trying to game you, but if you genuinely do it, there's a lot there. But you know what? The reason people say that, and I talk about it here quite a bit, is you have the conviction, you have the energy. Sometimes you have to put it right on the table and you have to say what you believe. You have to stand up for it because there's so much in marketing. It's an emotion. Like you have to feel what it is you're doing. If you're creating content, there's an emotion behind it. You have to put it out there. And Rob, that's what you're doing, and that's why people are interested in learning. So when I listen to your podcast, if you were very monotone and there wasn't much to it, and I was kind of bored, and the guests were boring, and all, you know what? I maybe not don't last that long. But you know what? Even if you started that way, maybe eventually you get better at it. But the point is, you have to have some conviction and what it is you're doing. And you have takes on a lot of different topics. I see you on social media, you know, you're talking about the games that you're betting on. You're talking about just different topics in the world of sports, whether it's Antonio Brown or what the Steelers and the Bills are doing. And you, and, and that's interesting to people. And that might have nothing to do in a way with your actual end result of the business of the things that you can help them with. But that's what got the attention to say, man, I wanna follow this guy. I wanna pay more attention to it. And then boom, I hear the topic. There's a few things I wanna touch on with you as it relates to that. One thing I've been thinking a lot about and I don't know if you follow European soccer and the Premier League and all this and European soccer obviously there's a lot of cups there's a lot of tournaments you have the Champions League going on you have the Premier League going on you have the different cups that they're that they're fighting for and it obviously there's certain levels right well I could say the Champions League's one the Premier League's two or whatever we can argue about that but there's other tournaments there's other things in the United States so much of it is about the ultimate prize, the championship, and that's it. If you lose it, it's been a disaster. If you win it, you're the you're the winner. But you, you and I both know you're a Steelers fan, and you have what six titles? And the, I'm a Bills fan, right? The Bills have never won. They've had, you know, as we know, four chances to win the game, but. The point is, I want I want your thoughts on this as it relates to of all that winning the championship versus you know you can look at college basketball and say well you can win a big game you can win a preseason college basketball tournament you can win the Big Ten tournament you can win the NCAA tournament or you can get to the Sweet Sixteen maybe talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that.
1: So, and I'll actually relate this to entrepreneurship and something that I learned that. Success is not when you've climbed to the top of the mountain and you're like, Woo! I did the mountain climbing. I reached the summit. Success is actually the journey of reaching the summit of this. and It's a hard thing to learn for entrepreneurship because we've got these dreams and goals and you want to get there. And you're like, Oh man, one day when I... But it is actually the realization or the opportunity for you to build the world in your image and the ability to live every single day as if it's your best day ever. So how in the world does this relate to sports and something like that? And I'll even use the Buffalo Bills. And sports fans are very quick to mock the Bills. Oh my God, they lost four Super Bowls in a row. That sucks. Well, you know what didn't suck? When they won four AFC championships in a row, when they won four AFC divisional games in a row before this. You know what else didn't suck? When they won their division, when they had multiple double-digit games or double-digit wins. So look at the journey of it. So often we say it's success or failure if you only win the Super Bowl. That is 100% not the case because I've had the time of my life when you win AFC championship games, like that is part of your life, that is part of your journey. Sure, the ultimate goal May not have happened, but guess what? Only one team is going to get that. And for all the people who throw shade on the Bills, imagine being a Lions fan, a Browns fan. These teams that don't even get to 500 and they're like, oh my God, it must suck for the Bills to lose four in a row. (laughs) No, that's freaking incredible. Are you kidding me? To have that level of success because to reach the mountaintop is so, so, so difficult and you know the journey. And that's also, I'll relate this back to entrepreneurship. It's why I share so much of this. So imagine if the Buffalo Bills of the 90s were social media and entrepreneurship right now, and they're sharing with you the nuggets of information that said, here's how we got to four Super Bowls. Would anyone be like, oh, that is the worst information. You guys suck. No, (laughs) you'd be like, of course, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. They've gotten that far four straight times. And I think that's what's necessary. So me as an entrepreneur... I'm going to share my journey the entire way. The things that I've learned that can help others on their journey. It's really about the micro, not the entire picture.
0: It's the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, and it's it's when you say that and you talk about some of these teams and you talk about the Bills, it's about enjoying the journey. As one of the earlier articles I wrote. And you, you just mentioned some names, Barry Sanders, Ted Williams, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. You know, like those two last ones I just said, well, they played in the era of Michael Jordan. What do you want from them, right? They were incredible players. They never won. Did they not enjoy the journey? Would they love a championship? I'm sure they would, but they didn't get there. It didn't happen. Barry Sanders, greatest running back, Ted Williams, right? So... It's just interesting when you say it because it does relate to what it is that you and I are doing and what so many entrepreneurs and business leaders are up to right now. And there's so much that we can take from it. And I appreciate those takes because that's that's important, right? It, what you said, throw shade at the bills. It's very easy to do that. But when you give it thought and you really think about what all that means, right? There's just so much more to it. It's it's just not that simple, right? It's a very complex matter. A couple other topics I want to hit on quick because I mentioned this before. You're on Twitter and you're sharing what it is you're doing with uh, picking your games for the weekend. So that's gambling. And other two topics are sports cards and esports. And going back to the sports cards, as I'm talking to you right now, you got this wall of all these old baseball cards behind you. These are three topics. There's a lot of topics in the world of sports, but these are kind of like three that have been around, but they're in in different ways. What are your takes on the esports, sports sports cards, and the world of gambling right now?
1: One, I am all in on the future of sports betting. So sign me up for that. I'm in a great position because I'm a host of a podcast called The Sharp 600, which is a twice a week sports betting podcast uh, for covers.com. So... I'm very high profile when it comes to that. But guess where I have an advantage on most people? Traditionally people who are host of a sports betting podcast is very much one 900 tout. Here's my 1000 star lock whale play <laughs> of the week and they're they're winning and losing based on just their picks. Well guess what? I know that that's a losing proposition. That's like living in a casino and thinking that you're going to have a positive ROI. So for me, there's two things. One, I said, all right, I'm not going to compete on winning and losing. But you know where I am going to win? On building a community. Because one thing, and you mentioned a lot of this, is that a skill that I have that I believe is a huge asset is my relatability. And that's what it can come to this sports cards that are behind me because those are all my baseball basketball and football cards from when I was a kid so I'm relatable because you know that I live and breathe sports so instead of saying winning and losing like for example two weeks ago I had my worst weekend of the year in betting I lost a quarter of my bankroll I followed it up the next week with the best week of my entire season in back-to-back. Imagine if I'm someone who only measures success based on my wins and losses. No. But guess what I did? I did a podcast yesterday talking to my community saying, listen, this is what it's really like to be a sports better. This is the roller coaster nature of things. And then number two on this, me being a host, like I said, everyone's just picks, picks, picks. But guess what I also do aside from just hosting a podcast. I run a creative agency that helps brands market to sports fans. Huh? Do you think a company or agency out there might want to hire someone who leads a sports betting community to help them market to a community of sports bettors that they would like to build? So That is the simplest way I can put the way that I see the sports betting world.
0: Strategy. The other ones that we talked about, you said uh, sports cards, you did gambling, eSports. Have you you paid attention to the eSports world
1: at all? Funny you say that. I did a podcast that will be out on Monday on eSports specifically. So here's what I think about eSports. I am all in on eSports as well, but in a different way because it's a little bit removed from me. I understand attention, and I know there's a crap ton of attention there. I just look at the numbers. But here's the thing. I'm not an eSports player. I grew up, loved playing Nintendo, Tech Bowl, <laughs> Double Dribble, Ice Hockey, Blades of Steel. You name it. I love that stuff. But as I realized I'm going to be building my own business and dreams, my video playing di- game days moved on. So I'm not somebody who watches esports. I don't understand it a ton. But guess what? I understood the opportunity. So I started to inform myself on it. I started to read about esports. Then I started building connections in the esports world. Why? Because relationship building takes time. And while I might not be on the front line of esports, I'm forward thinking in how I do things. And you know what inevitably happens? You start having enough esports conversations that then they say, Rob, well, tell me about what you do. And then we're like, huh, I wonder if dot, 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 we might find a way to bring brands together with esports. And I'm like, sign me up. But the key to that is you have to be able to, one, be open-minded and say, listen, I don't know this or understand it. So I'm going to educate myself. Two, I'm going to build a network of people that says, hey, here's what I'm doing. You're doing something in esports. Is there a way that we might be able to work together? Is there a challenge you have? Because you might find, oh my God, esports companies are having a hard time creating podcasts or brands say, I want to relate to esports people. Well, maybe we create a video series to help you talk about esports. That's what I sort of think about it. So I love it. And I'm going to be more involved in it.
0: Well, there's a community, like you said, and and you can insert yourself into the community to learn more. You're going to have a podcast where you're going to talk about esports. And that's the whole thing, right? If you seek to learn more about these things, that's what you can do with your podcast. So... You know, Rob, at the end of it, what what I'm seeing is the community is important and there's so many different ways to build a community, whether you get on LinkedIn, start the conversation, have a podcast, get into these different worlds in and around the world of sports, then you have your self-betterment, right? Just constantly striving to get better. What you are today is not going to be what you are tomorrow and you're going to continue to pursue that. And if people want to throw shade at that or say what they want to say, it's not for them and that's okay. And you can continue to go on and keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. And then you bring an energy to it, right? You bring an energy to the conversation. You bring an energy to the podcast. You bring an energy to your clients and everything that you're doing. And that's what's so much fun for this, for me to have conversations like you with people that are building a community that are delivering and working hard on self-betterment and have this energy. You just want to surround yourself with those types of people. Maybe it's not every day, but you try, you try, you try to be around these types of people. So Rob, I appreciate you allow me to come on there and, and, and interview you and chat with you and have this conversation, man. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned even more. And I'll continue to dive into your podcast and everything that is that you're doing for yourself and for bacon sports, man. But I, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And, and I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity because I like being around other like-minded people and doers, people who are willing to say, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's have some thought leadership. And I love that you use the term energy because it's, it was actually my word for 2019 was energy. Every single day in my 10X planner, I write the word energy. Because energy is something that is transferable. You can feel the energy with me when you hear me and you and I speak together. And with that, with positive energy, everything else has an opportunity to go in the right direction. But we live in a world where by design, media and social media are very negative. So we have to be able to fight against the forces against us. So they, they're bringing us a sea of negativity. So you need to be a beacon and a shine of light that says, hey, let me bring some energy to this world. We're the 20% of the 80-20 rule, but guess what? We're going to make that 20% shine brighter than all that negativity that's out there.
0: Well, in the energy that we're talking about, sometimes you have to charge up, right? It's like I'm looking at my phone right now and it's at 16%. Eventually that phone's going to have to get charged up for some future calls here. You have to separate yourself. And I know you talk about meditation and you talk about taking breaks. And, and I think about a lot of these things. You know, I read like we talked about. I read a lot. I listen. I do all these different things. You know, I'll write, creating a lot of content. And I separate myself and move on, take walks, exercise, all these different things. It's uh. It's a philosophy behind it. It's psychological. You got to get your mind right. So I've taken to reading books that you know have been around for a long time, and you know getting some different classics and and all that kind of thing. Because I because when I talk to you, someone could get the wrong impression that well, wow, Rob's just got this energy, and sure, he's got it all the time. But I've heard you talk about meditation, taking time off, going away. That you have to have it in order to be the Rob that you are. Right?
1: Yeah, it's energy by design. So think of it this way as a primer and i'll give you two people person a will call him john john wakes up and he hits snooze twice and then right when he gets up he jumps on his phone and checks his email and jumps on social media person number two is rob rob doesn't have snooze on his alarm rob wakes up and reads a personal development or entrepreneurship book for 30 minutes And then he goes to the gym for 45 minutes and then he comes back and meditates and then he reads his goals in gratitude and journaling. Which of the two paths do you think are going to have the better energy? And guess what? By creating a morning routine where you control your outputs, what you end up doing is creating the person that is the best version of yourself that you want to be. You say, you know what? Here's my boot sequence. For me to be a high energy, high performance, good vibes person, I need to not let the world for the first three hours say, this is what's wrong with the world. Instead, I want to practice self-love and gratitude and slow down and work on myself because every day, my goal is to make today better than yesterday and if you read for 30 minutes, today is always better than yesterday.
0: That's it, man. You're developing awesome habits. Rob, I like I said, I appreciate that energy and all the stuff that you shared with me today. I hope we can continue keeping in touch and communicating, but awesome chat. One of my favorite things about our Sports Epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to this Source production, the sports epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide.